Welcome to the latest episode of Time Added On. We're back after an extended Christmas break and we're back for the first pod of what is hopefully going to be an exciting 2022 ahead. Tom, I'd normally ask to start the pod by asking you how you are, but bear in mind I've spent pretty much the last two weeks in your company. Uh, I don't really think we need to, but how are you? You all right? Back no, I... Yeah, yeah. Been in the January blues? Yeah, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. No, I just uh, enjoyed the Christmas break. And obviously, yeah, like you say, looking forward to what hopefully will be a fairly decent 2022. Hopefully better than 2021. Hopefully, mate. Hopefully. We've been missing. We haven't done a pod now for, for a good few weeks. Didn't stop me from having a brief stint. Did it I had a brief, a brief stint on uh, on Radio Nottingham on Boxing Day, giving my... Uh, thoughts on the on covid restrictions fingers crossed looking at it and we are touching wood we've got everything crossed that that uh, so far so good from from that angle in terms of uh, restrictions on, on on any crowds and, and football moving forward but um oh, it's nice nice little uh, nice to get us on there wasn't it Tom? nice nice me to uh, do the little radio nottingham sketch it was uh, to shame the time because you were you were in bed not feeling too well mate where you had too much christmas turkey on uh, Christmas Day. No, you took. Well, let's no, let's not turn <laughs> into too too much food or drinks in our area. Um, but yeah, no, I won't feel too well. So you were the star star of the show. But um, yeah. as always, Tom, as always, listeners, regular listeners wouldn't expect anything less. So um, look, we've got quite a busy pod tonight. Like I said, we haven't been we haven't been we haven't done one for a while. Um, there's lots to talk about. Plenty of football to talk about, plenty of off the pitch uh, stuff to talk about. We are, I say, well and truly into the transfer window. We're, we're five days into January and Forrest have got off to an absolute flyer in the window. So I think it's right that we take a look at that. We'll talk about the festive football. We'll look at the business done so far and we'll look at what the, the rest of January might bring. But it looks like the way Forrest are going, that the business will be done early doors, which is uh, extremely unlike Forest Hill, isn't it? We're normally uh, scrambling around in the last couple of days of the window trying to get uh, players in, but Forest are, as I say, off to an absolute flyer. Yeah, same as a lot of clubs, really, isn't it, in terms of Forest usually finding themselves towards the end of a window trying to find players, and that can often be because of, um, you know, Premier League clubs waiting to know who they're going to sign for, clubs sign players from them, and and what's not, but obviously Forrest have done a lot of the work early doors and have spoken about how important this window would be. Not necessarily just in terms of, um, you know, maybe challenging for, for this season or, or, or whatever, but just in terms of keeping the momentum up and obviously keeping that good feeling around the club. This January window, window just felt pretty vital and obviously a, a good start with, you know, two two additions and one kind of one kind of renewal, if you like. His, his deal was till the end of the season anyway, but obviously the, the thought was was that Jed Spence would be going back to Middlesbrough, but he almost feels like a new sign in itself purely because we were, we were kind of waiting for the inevitable. So a really strong start and obviously the rumour mill is still in full swing. So it seems like it'll be, I, like, I think a lot of people are maybe taking it too far and saying, oh, let's hope it's not chaotic like has been in other windows. I don't think it, it will be. I think Forrest are just trying to get the right players in the, in the positions that they need, given what we've seen really it, towards the second half of December is a maybe slightly depleted squad or the, the need for more options. So um, 
and and obviously that might come with 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 departures, not necessarily big ones. I'm I'm not saying a, a Warrell or a, or a Brennan Johnson, but just you know that might come with with maybe other players that Forest feel like they don't need or maybe aren't suited to to Steve Cooper. So who knows what the rest of the window will bring? But obviously it's, it is certainly active. Mm, I think that's a good place to we'll, we'll put a pin in the transfer activity just now. But obviously you talked about uh, maybe a lack of depth, lack of options. Obviously, it's going to be interesting to see how the season plays out with obviously COVID being rife, uh, you know, amongst players and, and, and staff and, you know, just in, in general, you know, it, it's causing havoc in, in everyday life. And that's obviously going to have played and have a huge impact on the remainder of the football season. But, I mean, let's talk about the games over Christmas then. Two games for Forest over Christmas. Obviously, Barnsley called off this week um, due to COVID, obviously, through running you know, rye through the Forest squad. Um, Steve Cooper saying that as a club, Forest are, are, are riddled with it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what obviously team he can pull out this weekend against Arsenal. But obviously two games, Middlesbrough away, Huddersfield at home. It was two defeats for Forest, um, but obviously two very different performances within that, wasn't there? We, we saw two different sides of Forest over the festive period. Obviously first up on Boxing Day was a trip to Borough. We always felt that that was going to be a really tough game. Middlesbrough are one of the sides tipped to do really well, as are Forest, probably Sheffield United in terms of those teams looking to break into the top six and really assert their dominance towards the top half of the table. Um, Middlesbrough have done really well, obviously, since Neil Warnock departed, Chris Wilder came in. And this always, it, it felt like a really big test for Forest, didn't it, on the face of it, going up to Middlesbrough to face an informed side. Either team took the three points. They these obviously leapfrog into the top six. It's a bit of a false table at the minute, given the amount of postponements, etc. But tough game. I mean, what was your overall <laughs> overall thoughts on this one, Tom? Obviously, two nil. Borough wasn't the result. Obviously, Forest wanted, uh, and obviously, it ended the, the 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 great run that Forest had been on. But um, wasn't wasn't the, the the best of starts and best of displays all around, was it for the uh, for the majority of this one? No, we knew it was going to be probably the toughest in in December, um, just due to their revival under under Chris Wilder, and obviously uh, their kind of style of play now probably would have suited playing us in in some respects. Um, it felt tough really from the off, didn't it? Because there was um, you know issues in in both fullback areas where you know you had um, Jack Colback filling in at, at left back and and then Finn back having to come in at uh, at right back. So um that that felt like a struggle and obviously Forrest kind of made their their own lives a little bit difficult for throughout well certainly the first half where um you know it, I think everyone can completely agree that Middlesbrough were pretty much fully on top and obviously the goal the goal specifically was just an awful goal to to give away. Um and making those kind of mistakes in this this kind of game was obviously always going to be um, a huge, huge setback, especially when when Middlesbrough. I think, I think if anything, Middlesbrough will be upset that they didn't score properly themselves, um, and the goal to give them the lead at half time, and only one goal at half time, was actually a complete and utter mistake at, at the Forest end. So, you know, the first half was 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 awful. The second half was better in in a, in a short spell. Um, and I thought Silver actually looked pretty good when he came on, um, but it, it was a short 
very short spell and, and Middlesbrough kind of got back to work and were probably managing the game pretty well after that spell. You always know in the Championship, regardless of whether one team's better or playing better than the other, that the other team will get a good spell and it's whether you take your chances. Forrest didn't. Um, and, and Middlesbrough then just quickly went back to managing the game. So it was a real, probably disappointment. It was probably the first game where Forrest haven't looked that great under Steve Cooper. Not a criticism, just... Um, you know, that was that kind of game was going to come, um, and yeah, I thought you know Middlesbrough were were by far the better team on the day. Yeah, it felt like a matter of time, and just say as you say, it felt like a matter of time before Middlesbrough got that first goal. Um, it, 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 the, the manner of the goal was disappointing. I mean, it was one of the the best and worst own goals, whichever category you want to put that in. But you know, what I'm trying to get at in terms of an own goal, absolute shocker from. From Yates, he's real disappointed for him because as we you know, we've actually talked him up, and you know we've given him a lot of praise in the pod, and it's just one of those free free goals. He's not looked up, he's not looked to see where Samba was. He's got to do better. He's got to roll it back out to to the left back and just anything other than playing towards danger. But it's a real shame for him because I think he's been excellent in recent weeks, and and it, look, he'll bounce back from that. That's not going to. Uh, knock him, him, him down too far, I don't think. And, and, and the, you know, the kind of player and the kind of character, I think, Ryan Yates is, you know, he'll 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 recover from that pretty quickly. But really disappointed to give that level of goal, of, you know, take that out of it. And Forrest, if Forrest can somehow get to half-time with a nil-nil and not conceding through, you know, through, through Middlesbrough scoring and, and getting shots in, then Forrest would have been pretty happy with that, but wasn't to be. And, and yeah, Middlesbrough would have been disappointed that they didn't go on and get that second goal. I think the point you raised there, Tom, about the fallback, I mean, that pretty much sums us where Forrest are at the minute in terms of when Forrest can get a starting 11 on the pitch and they can get their best 11 on the pitch, rather. In, and, and obviously, you know, Lowe and Spence, uh, uh, fallback, wingback, whatever that might be. Lowe has been out, obviously, for a few weeks and, and look, Colback has deputised in there really well. And I think wherever you put Jack Colback this season, he's doing you a job and he's not going to let you down, is he? But he doesn't have the same attributes going forward as Max Lowe. And we've talked about that on the pod quite a bit. I think on the opposite side, if you then take out, you can almost deal with that on one side if you've got a flyer down the opposite side. And, and that's what Jed Spence is for Forrest. He, you know, he, he's, he's an unbelievable asset and always one of our focal points in attack. But I think his defending as well this season has been has been excellent. Um, and obviously not to have him there just shows the imbalance and the weakness Forest have if you lose just one or two bodies in key areas. And I think that's obviously something that they're looking looking to address in January. Um, it just wasn't, it was one of those days, a defeat was always going to come. Um, it, it, you know, it's about how they bounce back from it. They learn from it and you're just going to move on. Forest will lose games. You know, we'll talk about the next one, but Forest will lose games or continue you know, to lose the get games here and there as we go through the remainder of the season. But it's about how they respond, how they take that on the chin. I actually think in this one, when it's, once Forest went 2-0 down, they actually, you know, they had chances. They had chances before that. The Zinconago miss, which, you know, he won't want to see that back. You know, but it, 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 if Forest could get back into the game, then that again gives something for Forest to be able to, to hold on to, or that's not the way that Steve Cooper likes to play or go and build on. It's a completely different game. But, you know, Forest reacted well, didn't play their best, but they weren't dreadful in this one. Um, they had enough chances to, to score. And I think that's the good thing. That the, I think, I suppose that's the positive, Tom, isn't it, to take out of this is that 
Forest did not play well. You've said it. it was probably one of their worst performances under Steve Cooper, but it wasn't that bad. And, and they had chances, and on another day, Forrest will get a goal in that position, and, and who knows? So, definitely, whilst it wasn't great, there was still positive signs to take from it and lessons to be learned. Yeah, definitely. I think um, the fact that Forrest can create chances now when they're not playing anywhere near their best is 100% a positive to take from it. The overall performance will be a negative, and, you know, that that is those games happen in, in this league. But, you know, I think um, the key thing, the key takeaway was probably a, a little bit of an eye-opener in terms of where we were as a squad and, you know, not getting too carried away with the run of games that we had before that, which were obviously excellent. It probably just opened the eyes of a few people in terms of, you know, you take a couple of players away from this team and it quickly, um, you know, doesn't look like the team that, that you would have in a day when all your players are fit. So... It, that that is probably coming at a perfect time in, in some respects with the window being open and obviously you know we're going to come and talk about it in a bit more detail but you know we'll probably see Forrest address that or definitely will or have in 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 some areas already so um you know it look it is it is one of those games but I think you know Forrest probably won't won't rest on that too much it will just now be um how do you how do you you know make sure that we address those issues and um, you know can can come and uh, play better against maybe some of what we're now seeing as our close competitors in the future games as well. I think there's a there's a run of games in in February which I know seems a little way away yet, but you know it will come by pretty quickly. And you know there's a there's a run of games in Feb which look like it, which looks like a, a, a tough month, but um, you know they'll be wanting a, a better performance than what they did against Middlesbrough for, for those games. As is the way, obviously, over Christmas, obviously, they didn't have too long to, to, to dwell on it. Uh, just a handful of days later, obviously, we had uh, Huddersfield at home and a chance chance to bounce bounce back. Huddersfield themselves off a, off of a run, you know, a really good run in terms of stringing a few wins together back to back. That said, obviously, under the lights at the city ground, after, obviously, a defeat at Middlesbrough, you know, Forrest would have been relishing that chance and obviously really fancying their chances against Huddersfield to pick up three points and, as I say, bounce back from that that Borough defeat. Um, obviously, you know, we talk about contrast. This was a contrast to the to the Middlesbrough game, so was it? But Forest were, were, were excellent throughout this one. Um, you know, really, really took the game to, to Huddersfield, had the majority of possession, created chance after chance after chance. It was just one of those nights, wasn't it, where, you know, Forest... You couldn't get it in, in, in the back of the net. They had umpteen chances in that first half um, before ultimately Huddersfield went down the other end of the pitch and, and scored a, a well-worked goal. But Forrest would have been disappointed to go in at half-time 1-0 behind and, and not have scored at least one of their kind of four or five key chances in that first half. But, you know, you even at 1-0 down at half-time, you still felt that, that the game was there for Forrest. We saw it against Hull, didn't we, you know, a, a week or so before that Forrest went 1-0 down, similar time in terms of the, the goal and came back to win it. You still fancied Forrest because of the way that you'd seen them react and play and they were moving the ball around. I think maybe bar the opening five, ten minutes where Forrest were probably a little bit slow out of the blocks and, and obviously Huddersfield had a chance to score the opening goal themselves, actually, after 20 seconds. Forrest were, were a little bit, you know, 
yeah, they weren't at it straight from from the off, and that's something that obviously Steve Cooper would have talked to them about afterwards, and, and, and probably another lesson learned for for games coming up. But after that opening, you know, five ten minutes, I, I thought Forest were excellent. Really harsh on them to go one nil down at half time. Yeah, I think the the words to describe this one would be frustrating, wouldn't it? I think it was, you know, a game which Forest looked to be well managing the, the game, similar to, to maybe in some respects how Middlesbrough were managing Forest in the game before that. Um, but Forest couldn't couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. They couldn't create a, maybe a, a proper clear-cut opportunity in some respects. Um, and and Huddersfield, one one word I would describe them, I'd, well, two words, um, is, is well-drilled. I thought, um, I thought they were... I thought they were very well drilled. I thought, um, you know, although Forest did dominate the game, I thought when Huddersfield did have the ball, they did look like a constant threat. They could get forward fairly quickly. They were winning some of the aerial duels as well. Um, and and they always knew where the other players on the pitch were going to be. Um, but, you know, the, the game was Forest to, to be won and they just couldn't couldn't get that, take that opportunity. You know, Silver, again, I actually thought looked a bit of a threat in this one. He was causing problems on that left-hand side. And, you know, at one point got in and kind of wiggled his way through and got a ball in, but Forrest just couldn't get on the on the end of it properly. And, you know, Joe Lolly, uh, Joe Lolly, um, you know, I think Zinkenagel had a, had a chance. Um, you know, it, there was just opportunities there for Forrest that they just couldn't couldn't take. And um, it, it was frustrating. I think that that would be the the description of the entire game, not just not just the first half. I think um, the entire game was was there for Forest, but um, you know it, it it happens again. The game before that, Forest lost in a very different manner, and this one they lost. They lost, you know, even with that whole complete management of the game, they just couldn't couldn't take their chances. Yeah, I th- just to touch on Sil there, I thought he he was. He was brilliant, uh, you know. Uh, it's worth pointing out, obviously, going into this one, as we said at the top. Obviously, Steve Cooper mentioned that that Forrest riddled with with COVID, which meant you know he he was constantly chopping and changing his teams in the in build up to the game. Obviously, Silver handed a start um, due to kind of, due to players missing out ultimately. Um, but I thought he was brilliant. He, he took his chance really well, and for a player who was rumoured to be on his way out of the football club. Um, in the last couple of weeks, it'd be interesting to see what what that performance has done for him, and in terms of his of his stature at the football club, and whether he'll he'll stay. Because you know, looking at you know it, it, his appearance at Middlesbrough and obviously starting the game here, yeah, he, he looked like he'd definitely have something to offer. Uh, whether that be from the off or, or, or from the bench, but he, he was getting in and behind the Huddersfield defence. Good pace, good movement. Um, showed some real nice touches. I was very impressed with him, and he was really looking not to to get a goal. With obviously a couple of block shots in that first half, you know, Warrell with a great chance in that first half. But that that's the type of night it was, was it? Even in the second half, you know, I, I just felt watching the game. I just felt it was a matter of time before Forrest got that goal. But it was just too many players that had an off night. Graben wasn't really at it. Wasn't really in the game, was he? As such, uh, and, and no real option off the bench again, which is something that. Forest have obviously already addressed in January. Brennan Johnson won't want to watch this game back for himself. You know, Brennan Johnson's—he's a young lad. We know that he's going to have off nights. We know that he's going to be a little bit inconsistency. He's still learning his trade at a, at a really young age. But you know, it wasn't his, his brightest of nights. He had a real golden opportunity. You just thought he was going to slot in the back of the net, didn't you? Early on in the second half, 
Forest get a goal at that point, it really is game on. You, you fancy Forest to go and get it, get a winner. Zinconagel again, I thought he was brilliant, but you know, it just it just it just didn't click for Forest. But on the flip side of it, there are also lessons to be learned from Forest. Were quite naive, and obviously, as the minutes wore on, you know, you can see you know, Forest left gaps at the back. But even early on in that second half, I mean, Huddersfield should should have made it two 0 early doors. You know, Forest left left open at the back, hit on the hit on the counter, um, and Jordan Rhodes squares it, and and the Huddersfield attacker, you know puts it straight over the bar from almost eight, nine yards out. And that should have been good night, 2-0. And it would have been really tough for them for Forrest to, to try and get back into it. But, yeah, they just need to be wary of that, I suppose, a little bit of the back into when they're chasing games. And, and, again, that's going to happen, isn't it? They're going to go behind, especially at the city ground. Teams know that if they can shut up shop, get a goal and then sit in, you know, we're going to see that more often probably during the second half of the season. Forrest is going to have to be a little bit more street smart about how they go about it and, and ultimately, when they're creating the level of chance, 23 shots Forrest had on goal that night. Um, so I think there was only six or seven of those are on target. So that speaks volumes. Forrest are creating chances. On another night, I, I, I still say nine out of ten, Forrest win that game. Well, they at least get a point from it. But, you know, Forrest will win. If they perform like that in that manner and that dominance and create that many chances, they will win a lot more football matches than they lose. But... Yeah, look, you get it in the championship. I know that two games now where you're saying, look, you took yourself off, you go, but as, as good as Forest have been in recent weeks, they've strung results together back to back. The likelihood is, is that you're going to get beaten and you're going to have back to back defeats. It really is now about how you know the, 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 the players rally themselves. And, you know, cup game this weekend against Arsenal will be interesting. We'll talk about that in a bit in terms of how Steve Cooper approaches that. Then it's a trip to, to Millwall and you've got Derby around the corner as well. So really exciting games, big chance for Forest, especially with the business that they're doing to get back on track. Um, there's, there, there are a lot of positives. I think the, you summed it up to the general theme after this one was just frustration. It was frustration more than anything because the performance warranted more than what it got. What it got. But, you know, you certainly can't be too disheartened about the overall performance. No, definitely not. I think Forrest, obviously, the, the key thing on their mind will be that not turning into a, a, a longer run than than, um, than than they would want. Obviously, I don't think it will, but obviously that, that will be the, the key thought in their mind. I think, you know, in some respects, Zinconagel summarises the, the, you know, two games up, really. I thought he wasn't great against Middlesbrough. Uh, the chances fell to fell to him in in some respect. Well, one fell to him, one one fell to Silva, um, and he had had a bit of an off night. And and in this game again, I thought I thought he did did well, did all right. Um, you hit crossbar, which which kind of summarises the the frustration of the opportunities that that Forrest had. Um, and that's not a criticism of Zinkenog. I think he's been brilliant, and he's one of those players though that I feel like you want to ensure you don't rely on him and that you've got constant threats around him as well and that when he's on it on his day um you know that he probably will make the the huge difference in ensuring that you do do see out the game and win the game and um you know I felt like there was maybe some some resting on him and um you know when he's off you know sometimes it can look worse on his part but I think he's kind of summarized those two games up for Forrest again not not a huge criticism of him I just think you know, when he's on it, you know, Forrest look a different team and when he's not, 
you know, that's why Forrest maybe need to look at look in the window and look for, for other options, you know, and, and not rely on on someone like him who I think can be a bit of a, a luxury player to have have within the team. So, you know, Forrest, yeah, like I said, it'll just be a case now of dust themselves off and and look to the next game. Barnsley would have obviously been a good opportunity at home to, to have done that. Um, but, you know, they move on and um, for the next game actually to end up being Arsenal. But um, I think that one will probably not be one that many, many people really take too much from. But, you know, it'll be the games thereafter in the league that, that hopefully we can see Forrest um, pick themselves back up again. Right, let's talk about the January window because I was going to talk about some of the key performers in uh, in the Huddersfield game, but I suppose look the, the the main positive and standout performer as he has been for a number of, of weeks or pretty much since he's he's he's, he's joined and he's he's integrated into the starting eleven is Jed Spence. Um, look, Forest aren't we said it at the top. Forest aren't hanging around this January. You know, Dane Murphy, the recruitment team. You know, everyone behind the scenes at Forest, Steve Cooper. I one thing I would say is that they've they've, they've they've done their work. You can clearly see they they're clearly prepared and they're not willing to hang around. They they are they know what they want. They've identified what they want, and from the very first moment in this transfer window, Forest have uh, have been absolutely on the ball and, and and they're getting business done and getting business done early, aren't they? I mean, Tom. It's very unlike the forest in any transfer window, or let alone January, just January transfer window. Um, you know, this is this is very unusual for forest. Forest are usually you might get the odd one early doors, and then they're scrambling around, and then you normally have a mad week at the end. And, and forest looking to try and make multiple signings in the last two days of the window. Um, forest are, are, have already signed two, and look like they're on the verge of signing a third very, very shortly in the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, I mean, how impressed have you been just with, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the level of signings and we'll talk about the, each signing individually in a minute, but just about how Forrest have gone about things, how, you know, the, the professionalism, if you like, that Dane Murphy has, has introduced to the club. Um, you know, I mean, how impressed have you been? Yeah, I think obviously it's been, we, we spoke about how important this window was and, and, um, you know, Forrest, I think the one thing for me in this window was was that I, I think if you were smart about it, it was a really good opportunity because actually January, everyone talks about how difficult January is and it is difficult in some respects because if there's players in contract for a long time, they usually demand high premiums to take them halfway through a season. So I, I totally get that. This one's a little bit different in, in some respects because the... You know the, the the global pandemic has has kind of shaped things up a little bit, even for football clubs who have struggled for cash, and we're, we're seeing that in some some respects. You know, very close to to home, and um, you know, also there's been recent figures released about the likes of Bristol City who have lost huge amounts of money, um, and there's other clubs throughout the football league that that have that same issue. So there's a there's a problem there in terms of clubs being able to commit to to players long term and offer them huge contracts or also you know go out and sign players themselves so if you've been able to somehow you know manage that in in whatever way throughout then you can come out of this quite strong as long as you're okay with financial fair play which seemingly forest are and the opportunities then come from unfortunately it is a bit of a dog eat dog world it, you know, if there's players, you know, players also looking to move and maybe know that 
clubs aren't going to offer transfer fees. So what they're now seeing is the opportunity to run down contracts instead, which is maybe a little bit different. It's always been about transfer windows and these huge fees, which will still happen, obviously. But a lot of players now, especially throughout the Football League, are seeing opportunities to run down contracts in order to get their moves, especially last season and this season, really, whether that will continue to be the trend, don't know. But certainly this season, there's there's quite a few players throughout the throughout the world who are kind of running down their contracts if it's there to be run down. So what you can do in this window is, is obviously offer fees that may be relatively small than, than what you would pay for, for good talent. Forest have done been very shrewd so far in that they obviously will talk about the individuals, but they've been able to keep a, an individual, which we'll come on to, but also sign two individuals so far who one shrewd and young and kind of fits the philosophy and the mantra that that Steve Cooper has, and, and another one which um, is is again a, a player that was coming out of contract at the end of the season, and Forest have been able to get for well relatively little next to or nothing. Um, so it's been smart and Forrest uh, are going in quick again and they're trying to make sure they get their targets before they get into the last couple of weeks, which will be a scrap, I'm sure, between mm. all, all the clubs. So that's good to see. Obviously, there may be opportunities for Forrest at the end of the window as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's really important, Tom, because I mean, the, 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 the signings that have come in so far, I've talked about it in terms of really important to come in you know, in early in January, so you can get settled in, you can hit the ground running. You know, there's a lot of games in. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of games in January, um, and you want new signings to integrate into the squad and make that squad as strong as possible. And and, and every point for Forest is going to matter towards the end of that season. I know that sounds daft, but you know, the, you, there's no dead rubbers now. You know, you need to be picking up points, and you need to be, you know, you know, picking up as many wins and 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 as many draws as, as you possibly can between now and the end of the season as we want to challenge towards that top end of the table. There's also, as you said, get, you know, there's a couple of bits on, on Twitter tonight and I don't think it was meant in, in this manner, but, I, you know, there, someone mentioned the word chaos. You know, it's been a chaotic start to the transfer window at Forest. I'd say it's been anything but chaotic at Forest. I think this is, you know, to go back to the point I made a minute ago, it hasn't been chaotic. It's been well thought out. It's been well prepared. They've identified the the areas that they want to strengthen, the players that they want to, to to bring into the football club. Might not always be Plan A. I'm sure that I'm sure that you know some of the players that Forest are going after. They've had to be quite agile and go right. Well, that one door over here has been shut, but one over here is open. So we're going to rethink and readjust. But I like what they've done early doors. Where like I say we're only on the fifth of January, but if you can get a decent you know chunk of your business done early doors as the window then progresses and the month goes on, there might be the odd player that you didn't think was available at the start of the month that then becomes available. And that then allows you to to, to react and, and, you know, act accordingly if that player is of interest because you're not panicking and scrapping around on multiple fronts. There will be players that come up that Forrest might have a dabble at towards the latter, latter end of the window. And I'm sure Forrest will still be active in that last week and maybe even on the last day. But what we're seeing is a you know a, a methodical approach to January this time round, and it's not going to be the bump fight that it has been in recent in recent years. So really impressed so far. Obviously, time will tell. Obviously, players are only as good as they seem on paper, and the players will integrate into the squad, and they've got to perform in a forest shirt. But so far, so good for me. Look, let's talk about. I mean, I think we've done some great business so far. 
Well, let's talk about the main one. I think it, it, you know the importance of Jed Spence and keeping Jed Spence in a Forest shirt. Now, when he signed, obviously at the end of August uh, on transfer deadline day, it was a season-long loan from Middlesbrough. But we all know that these loans have uh, you know have a, a, a mid-season recall. He's been that good for Forest. Um, and we rave about him every week on the pod, as, as every Forest fan does. Are you surprised that Middlesbrough didn't activate that recall clause? Because, you know, on the face of it, you know, Forest, I know, have reverted back to a, a back four in recent weeks, mainly because of personnel issues. I think, you know, we'll talk about it in a minute, but I think moving forward, Forest is going to favour the, the, the wing-back formation. When Jed Spence has been in that wing-back formation, he's, he's surely got to be one of the best wing-backs in the league. He's been absolutely outstanding and would fit into Chris Wilder's system quite nicely at Middlesbrough. Um, I think we all feared, didn't we, after the Huddersfield game that we'd seen the last of Jed Spence in the Forest year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, you look at you look at the, the Middlesbrough team and um, obviously they have got they have got uh, Asai Jones and they've got Lee Peltier, um, who, you know, that kind of helps from from that respect. But you could also look at it in a different way in that, um, you know, there's, I don't know the, the, the facts. I don't think many people do. But obviously that the Jed Spence didn't want to go back to Millsborough, so that would create an, an unhappy camp. He probably then wouldn't play anyway as a, as a result of that. And what they can do is keep him at Forest. Um, doesn't sound like there is an an, um, an option to buy as, as such a clause in there. Obviously, Forrest can can negotiate the end of the loan, but there's no no set in stone fee uh, agreed fee at this point, from what we know. Um, so you know what it also lets them do is he keeps on playing. He's enjoying his football. He's very much in the shop window, and they can potentially get a bit of an auction at the end of the season when he's no longer. Alone. At Forest, if there's Premier League interest, or whether you know he does so well, carries on doing so well. Forest, you know they'll demand a high fee to know how well he's done. So it works well for them. I think the importance of keeping him on loan for for Forest is is huge. You know, you look at previous tra- transfer windows gone by. I'm making it sound as if it was like the last three, four, five seasons. It was a long time ago, but we always look back at these January windows, and you look at one under Billy, which was when Nicky Shorey left. A fullback, um, which felt huge that that he went after doing so well at Forest within the small amount of time he was there, um, and then the the following um, January after that they lost Ryan Bertrand, another fullback uh, in the January window, and this one you know we've compared this season to having the you know since Steve Cooper coming to having the feel good factor um, that that Billy brought in in some respects before obviously all the mental stuff that happened afterwards, but. You know, keeping Jed Spence feels so important. Maybe because we've been burnt so much in the past from these kind of <laughs> these dealings, and you know, someone doing so well and then then being snatched away from us and going to to a Premier League club. I think uh, Nicky Shorey went to to West Brom or, or wherever it was after he left us. Uh, he went to a Premier League side, and um, Ryan Bertrand went back to to Chelsea, I believe. But. Um, yeah, you know, it feels feels big in, in, in that respect and, you know, could end up being the most important non-signing signing of the of the January window. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I, just, I think every Forest fan rejoiced when we, you know, when we heard that he was staying. I think we were all a little bit nervous, as I say, that the, when the window opened, that it would be a matter of time before 
James Spencer's record. So, yeah, we're delighted to have him for the rest of the season and let's just enjoy Let's just enjoy it for the rest of the season and see where Forrest and Jed Spence are come come May and, and and who knows where that could where that could could end up. But that was the first bit of business. The signings, as I say, have been quick quick to come. So the first actual signing through the door on trans, on the first of January, the very first day of the window, is Keenan Davis on loan from Aston Villa, a striker. Um, offers different qualities, Tom, doesn't it, to what Forrest have in terms of Lewis Graben and, and Lyle Taylor. Forrest were, were crying out for at least one striker this window. Um, I'm not convinced, personally, that he will be the only striker through the door between now and the end of the month. But certainly, it's great to have some some competition and some help um, in that area of the pitch so early on in the window. Um, a player that I think Forrest were, were rumoured to be interested in this summer um, on a permanent basis and... and, and yeah, I think there's a stumbling block there potentially around personal terms. Um, but look, Forrest have got him in for the second half of the season. Are you excited about this one? I mean, as I say, in, in terms of being interesting to see whether he's, he's been brought in to play as a lone striker or alongside Graben. Um, big, strong, physical presence, but good touch, good pace. And, um, you know, he's not made too many first-team appearances this season, but when he has previously for Villa, he, he scored goals and he, he's been scoring goals in their development side as well this season. So it's a big opportunity for him as well. Yeah, I think obviously what he brings is something slightly different, which Forrest, we've seen Steve Cooper can be creative with the team and to have different options. You know, he's got Lewis Grabbin who can do a bit of holding the ball up. He's a bit of a poacher. He's a bit of an all-rounder in some respects. But then, you know, if he's just having a difficult day at the office, you know, you've got Lyle Taylor, who's maybe more of a chaser and an in-your-face, you know. Um, he, he doesn't offer that much in, in terms of a variety, um, maybe in some respects. Keenan Davies is six foot three. Um, he's very well known at Villa for when he has played in the first team and his, his cameo appearances um, that, you know, he, he holds the ball up well. Uh, he can control the ball well. He's very good at finding a pass and, and playing good football as well. He's not kind of lump it up to him and hope for the best kind of player. He, he's, he's a footballer um, and he'll fit fit quite well, even being a, a big man in terms of the way that Forrest play. Um, and I think, you know, a lot's been said probably about his, his goal-scoring ability. He's not had that that many chances at, from a from a senior level, so that will be interesting. I think you know if there's a player, if there's a manager, sorry, that can man manage someone and give them the confidence to be more confident in front of goal. I think Steve Cooper can can do that. I think he scored two in two in, in Premier League two um, and three and four in the EFL Trophy. Um, but you know, so obviously we've we've got to see what else. You know, that sounds decent. It's a good return, obviously, but obviously that's a slightly different level. So that'll be interesting. But he still adds something that that Forest don't have. And I think you know when you're comparing it, Forest probably, you know, we I spoke about Jan, this January maybe being an opportunity. I think the striker department is probably where that differs slightly because there'll always be that premium on strikers. We've even seen a lone player. That Middlesbrough looked to be signing if Forrest Wiru has been uh, after in Balogun from, from Arsenal, you know, he's still going to be on 40k a week wages or around that. Um, and that's for a young, young striker on loan again. So, you know, we know that Forrest are trying to be shrewd and trying to have a great window, but they've got to be, you know, smart and sensible in some other respects. And Keenan Davis seems like a good option to be able to do that. Um, so I think he'll add something different. Um, hopefully goals will come from him as well and um, yeah he, he seems like a decent fit 
it feels like I know it's another loan, uh, and I know obviously Steve Cooper's talked about, and Dane Murphy, I'm sure, will ultimately want to try and re- rely less on on loans um, moving forward. It's about using the right loans and utilizing the loan market at the right time. This one feels to me as an opportunity for all sides to to, to have a look at each other and and sense out that, that this could turn into a long term if Keenan Davis is successful and and he he enjoys his time at Forest and, and working under Steve Cooper. And vice versa, you know, you know, Forrest like the look of him. And this feels like there's an opportunity for this one to, to develop into a more, more permanent ar- arrangement if, 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 if it works for all sides. It'd be interesting to see how it works out. I'm sure Villa will obviously have a hand in that as well. And if, if Keenan Davis is successful, then there'll be other people looking at him and obviously the transfer fee will rise. But it definitely feels like that, you know, this one isn't out of the out of the realms of possibility that Keenan Davis could could be a Forest player permanently if, if all goes well. So really interested to see how this one plays out. Um, we didn't have to wait too long after that, did we, for another signing? We've got absolute buses this January window. Um, Steve Cook coming in from Bournemouth, um, centre half. Great experience, 30 years old, um, almost 400 appearances for, for, for Bournemouth over 11-year spell. Um, captain skipper of the side down there. Um, I think what's taken me back most about when the news broke about Forrest being interested in Steve Cook um, on a free transfer was just the sheer you know, goodwill, if you like, from Bournemouth and the outpouring of emotion from their supporters that that he 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 was leaving. Now that is to be expected. You know, someone who's who joined Bournemouth in League One and captained them in the Premier League. He's been there a long time and and has, has put a good shift in. But you know, a lot of the the feedback as well from Bournemouth fans is that he's still got a lot to offer. Thirty year old centre half is not by any stretch, you know, over the hill. And, and actually, he said it himself, is that he feels as though he's, he's in the prime years of his career now. Um, it's going to offer a lot of experience to Forrest. And I suppose that's, you know, Steve Cooper talks about, he's having a good blend of experience and youth. And, you know, Forrest want a youthful side. They want, you know, everyone talks about the, you know, the, the, the Dane Murphy mantra of signing players under the age of 27, 26, etc. But it's, you've got to have a balance, Tom, haven't you? And, and if Forest Forest need a couple of things at the back, they they, they perhaps need a balanced, uh, experienced head there back there at the times we talked about their naivety in certain uh, in certain situations. They also need bodies at the back because undoubtedly, I think you know we talked on this pod, haven't we, a few times uh, in recent weeks about our Forest better and more of a threat when they play three at the back versus a, a flat back four. I think everyone has come to the conclusion now that Forest are better with 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 the wing backs that they have in Low and Spence. Forest are better when they have a back three and deploy wing backs. To do that, Forest needs an extra. There was no doubt that Forest needs an extra body. And for me, Steve Cook, alongside Joe Worrell um, and Scotty McKenna, I mean that feels like a, a fantastic trio, doesn't it, at this level? Oh, yeah, it's a good trio. It's a good trio. I mean, you spoke about him maybe still being in his prime. I mean, you still talk about being in your prime at 36. Mate, I'm in my prime in 36. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. Jesus. Um, yeah, you know, he's. I think this one, more than more than anything, is, you know, people talk about the 30-year-old thing and obviously there's loads of noise about this whole philosophy of not signing anyone over 26 or whatever it is. Um, 
you know, this is this is probably one of the shrewdest signings because um, he was going to be out of contract in the summer. Forest have seen an opportunity to pick him up now uh, before anyone else sniffed. Well, other people were sniffing around, but obviously other people might have waited until the summer. Forest have just gone, look, we'll get him now. Whatever deal to be done, fee or, you know, tiny fee or no fee. Um is shrewd. Um, he can fit in alongside McKenna and Worrell. Um, Figueredo is is out of contract in the summer, so it provides, uh, you know, whether Figueredo stays or not, it provides some of that security. We all know the interest in Joe Worrell, uh, so it gives Steve Cook a bit of time to to settle in and fit in as well at, at Forest, and maybe bed in as a leader as a kind of central figure within that defence as well. Like you said, thirty, you know, isn't. Uh, is it bad at all for, for a centre-back? He's definitely got a few years left in the tank, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, he's, he's been a central figure and part of a Bournemouth team that have obviously gone through a, uh, quite a few successful years over the last decade or so. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a smart signing. It's a, it's a no-loss signing as well, in, in my yeah. eyes. He, Forrest have, have got a wage cap. He won't be over that, I wouldn't have thought. Um, they've paid nothing or little, like I've said already. Um, and even if he doesn't do it on the pitch, which I think he will, but even if he doesn't, he's got all the leadership qualities to make sure that everyone else around him, you know, will give a hundred percent as well. So I think it's it's a no loss. Um and it's it's just shrewd again from from Forrest in terms of getting in there first and taking advantage of those things that I said before in terms of players running out running down their contracts. And he seems determined. It's the first move he's had in a very long time. So um I don't think he's coming here just to put his feet up and, you know, have that one big last payday, which I think is what everyone's worried about when it comes to these kind of 30-plus signings um, who, who you get on the cheap or on freeze or whatever, he's definitely determined to make success of it and probably sees an opportunity from what he's seen of Forrest in this kind of second half of the first half of the season. So I think it's a good signing. It's a good signing by Forrest. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a really astute bit of business. It's, it, it's the leadership, you know, you talked about there. It's the leadership qualities that he brings, both on and off the pitch. And a lot of the stories that have come from the Bournemouth end about what a, 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 an inspiration, a leader he is, almost as, as much off the pitch there at that football club as he has been on it. But as you said, he, he's, he's been part of a very successful period for Bournemouth. He's been part, you know, he's been a big part. He's been captain of a very successful Bournemouth side that obviously got into the Premier League. He knows what it's about. He knows how to do it. He knows to get out of this league. You know, he's played against, He's played with some very, very good players, Nathan Aki. You know, he's played in good football insides at Bournemouth. So, he's got a bit of everything about him. He's, um, I think it's a really good bit of business. I think it's a, probably a missing piece that, that, that Steve Cooper wanted and, and saw at the back there. And it's an extra body and an extra piece of competition. And I just think, yeah, that trio at the back, you know, it's got to be one of the best. I just hope we can obviously keep hold of Joe Worrell and, and Scott McKenna. Um, in this window, early signs are that you know suggest that, that, that Joe Warren won't be departing in January. You never know with football, but if Forest, if come the end of the window, that's the three, and that's the you know the three that Forest can, can put out on the pitch more times than not throughout the second half of the season, then um, they're going to be a tough tough nut to crack. Um, another one, you know, so that's the signings we have made in terms of the players being linked. 
one that has come completely out of the blue this evening um, and seems to be gathering pace extremely quickly due for a medical, due to fly into the country tomorrow or this evening for a medical, um, is Richie Luria. Uh, obviously, a, a, a Canadian fullback playing, playing his trade out in the MLS. Um, don't know too much about him. Um, from, from, from people who have got in contact with us on Twitter, um, and, and have talked about his attributes very much in the in the Spence, Jed Spence mould. He's actually converted uh, winger to, uh, to to into the fullback position. We know a lot about that at Forest in, in recent years. So he's going to be good. He's good at ball carrying. You know, he's good at getting up and down the pitch. Can also cover on the left hand side. Um, so you know, whether Forest see this as a, a, a backup or a, another option, if you like. You know, to, to spend obviously we talk about if he's out we don't really have anyone else to cover um, we've, we've obviously outside 2-2 out now injured again uh, and Drago I mean who knows what's happening with him at the football club or whether he could do a job in supporting Lowe on the other side or, or whether Forrest is in the market for a left back I, I, I get the suspicion that Forrest will probably want to bring in two uh, wing backs, full backs this window, but yeah, an interesting one. This one, Tom, highly thought of. Been speculation around whether he's been ready for a move to Europe now for 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 a, a while, and he gets his opportunity. It looks like all being well, if, if things go to plan, he'll be signing uh, number three at the window, and he'll get his chance to 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 play in England. Yeah, I think you know I'm not going to sit here and say I know everything about this fellow like I've just been talking about the the other ones. Um, obviously, there's been some talk, like you said, um, a few people on Twitter for the English line, and, and you know people, other people, you know, talking to us about about what he'll bring. I think you know certainly from from the sounds of it, and obviously everyone can look at the old the old YouTube clips, can't they? And uh, and uh, be fascinated about them. There are always obviously things to be wary of. Don't believe everything you watch on Twitter. Uh, watch on Twitter. Watch on YouTube. You on can't watch things on Twitter, but yeah, no, yeah, you can. Yeah, um, but um, obviously, what he does seem to be, I think, the key thing is also a two-two when he has been fit, which has been for a very small amount of time, um, has offered something you know that that Forests have need, which is the flexibility. And we've seen that under Cooper, where players come in. Um, and obviously, when he came came in, he kind of slotted straight in against Swansea at left back. He did that before as well, pre Steve Cooper. Um, and you know, he, he kind of gave that flexibility, and he fitted the system because he was attacking full back. He'd get back. He was quick, versatile, good on the ball. The problem with Osa Tutu is his legs are made of glass. Um, and you know, it's a shame for him. And I'm, that's not me taking the mick. He, you know, he's clearly very talented, but really struggling to stay fit and I hope you know whether it be at Forest or wherever he goes to next is that he can stay fit but the problem is Forest need options which they don't have we saw that against Middlesbrough they had to play nothing against Finn back because he's clearly very talented but playing a, a you know a younger player that maybe isn't 100% ready right now will be at some point but not right now at right back and then having to slot callback in who I think personally although does a job is wasted at left back because he's done so well in the centre for Forest this season. 
and they don't have anyone else to slot in. And so getting Larea, who you know seems like he fits the way that Forest play, he's got the pace, he's he's attacking. Um, you know, he's clearly um, someone who's kind of come on the scene and he's you know slotted in at left back for his national team and plays right back for his for his club team. You know, some kind of similar attributes to Jed Spence is is you know not saying he going to be of the same quality, but you know, some similar attributes to the way that he approaches the game. Um, I think that it just seems like a, another shrewd signing and probably one that is, is easy to do. We, you know, we've been linked to other players in fullback areas. You never know, we might still go for him, but probably tougher deals, even ones at silly clubs that maybe are in struggling financial situations and won't accept bids from Forest for their for their talent. Yeah, but you talk about the you talk about the sheep by any chance or uh, Lee Buchanan. I'm not here to name names, but um, <laughs> but you know it seems like a, a good deal all around, and again fits into that thing that Steve Cooper is good at, which is the flexibility within the seat within the team. So, yeah, random one, and I'm not going to sit here like saying and say you know I can only go off basically what we've been told and from you know looking at the the stats and, and things like that. But he seems to certainly fit the mould, and obviously, hopefully, he can have the impact. Well, the impact on games when also two two is played. Uh, but maybe, hopefully, on a more consistent basis. Mm. It will be interesting to go back to the point a minute ago. It'd be interesting to see whether he has been brought in to cover on purely the right hand side of the defence, or like I said, Tutu was. You know, he was. You know, the games he did play for Forest played more on the left hand side, didn't he, to cover a kind of left back, left wing back. Well, I think the the interesting thing with this one really is that the the guy you know plays for for Canada. Um, you know, and the Canada, we can all go, oh, Canada, you know, the team's not that good. But, you know, it's it's a team that has the likes of Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David in it. Um, you know, it's certainly not lacking talent in terms of uh, some of the areas within that team. And, you know, a lot of their their fans seem to rate him, maybe not as highly, as highly as, you know, Alfonso Davies, but certainly doesn't look out of place. So, He's not going to want to go to a team and just sit back and maybe someone else takes his place in the the Canada team. I, I wouldn't have thought. You know, he could easily stay in Toronto, where I'm sure he's pretty pretty happy. Um, and you know, just um, you know, continue playing for for the Canadian team and and what's not. But so so he'll be one. He'll be competing. I, I wouldn't have thought. You know, Max Lowe might be coming back soon, but I feel like this guy will will want to try and definitely keep his place in the team. And he can play, uh, you know, in the wing-back areas or out wide, you know, in, in an attacking position as well. So, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one. He'll be he'll be wanting to to get into the team. And that's that's another good trait to have for anyone coming in for, for the team and the squad to have players that, that want to play. Speculation does continue around Lee Buchanan, so we'll see how that one develops. You talked about Derby there. Obviously, a lot will depend on their takeover situation and how desperate they get for cash as the window goes on. But we'll, so we'll keep an eye on that one. I suppose the, the, you know there's been plenty of names, plenty of names, obviously from a striker and, a, and a, an attacking midfield point of view. Um, obviously, the young lad Bowler at, uh, at Blackpool's been linked. That bid's been knocked back. Forest seemingly moved on from that now. Um, the name that obviously cropped up today that, that I think made quite a few people sit up and take note was was, uh, was Jed Wallace from Millwall, um, seemingly on his way to signing a pre-contract agreement with Besiktas. Uh, that was the breaking news this morning on Sky. 
then seemingly Forest have, have, have tried to get in and, and stop that deal, if you like, and are trying to do a deal with Millwall to bring Jed Wallace to the city ground. Um, Millwall describing Forest apparently made two bids so far as, uh, as, as poor and derisory. John Percy suggesting tonight that obviously the, the latest bid from Forest was 1.2 million. Now, I've seen a few people mock that and say that's a, a, a you know, pretty poor bid for a, for a player of Jed Wallace's standing in the Championship. Let's not remember, let's not forget, sorry, that Jed Wallace is out of contract in six months' time. Well, if you were so, talking from a Millwall perspective, you would be saying, let's not remember that he's out of contract in the summer. Well, of course you would. But, I mean, 1.2 million for a player who you're going to basically lose for nothing if Besiktas, if he signs his contract with Besiktas, uh, feels like a lot of money to me. So, I think that one's got legs. It feels like it's got legs. I feel like Forrest might have to push the boat out of touch. But, I mean, if Forrest could get that one over the line, um, I mean, great player at this level. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant player. He'd be one that I'd be very happy with. I feel like we've been speaking about him yeah, for quite some time, actually. Um, you know, you look at his his return, um, you know, he scores 10 goals um, over the last two seasons. He's got five already. Um, so we'll probably be on his way to, to 10. Um, you know, you just feel as if... Um, you know, again, this is no offence to, to Joe Lolly because he's obviously a very talented player and he's done well for Forrest in his career at Forrest, but unfortunately struggles to stay fit. And you just feel at times, you know, you've got players like Zinkenogel and Brennan and Martin who are quick, can light up games, but when they're not on it, you're almost crying out for a, a Mr. Reliable out wide. And, you know, I, I see Jed Wallace in, in a similar mould in some respects to a Joe Lolly when pre-having all these injury issues that he's had. Um, so I, I just feel like he'd be a very good move. He goes back again. I know I banged the drum on it, but again, Forrest trying to be shrewd and seeing someone who's out of contract that they can maybe get for cheaper. I was surprised Forrest bid one point. If that is true, obviously, the Forrest bid 1.2 million because... Um, I actually, when I heard the rumour, was thinking Forrest would probably have bid about 500k. That's not me saying he's worth 500k. That's me saying, you know, as a first offer, given he could go for absolutely nothing in the summer. And will, if Forrest don't sign him, and no one else puts a bid in for him as well, that's to say, because I'm sure a few other clubs have now heard about this. Um, you know, will go for free to, to Besiktas in, in the summer. So, you know, 1.2 2 million, I think, is actually a pretty good bid for someone who you're going to get for nothing in, in uh, six months' time or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I, I would personally, as much as I rate uh, Jed Wallace, um, I don't know if I would go above 1.5 million, um, even though I rate him. You know, I think you've got to be sensible. Um, and get your value for money as well. And Jed Wallace isn't the only player out there. You know, Forrest have been linked to to Josh Bowler at, at Blackpool. Uh, that one seems like a tough one as well. But you have to go with who's maybe, you know, I think one the, the reason there's kind of this feeling from Dave Murphy of not above 26 unless there's a deal to be done and it looks good. Obviously, it's sensible, like Steve Cook. Um, you know, it's resale value. And you have to look at, at Jed Wallace and go, what's his resale value going to be? You know, he's, he's 27, 28, whatever he is. Um, so I just think, and he's out of contract in six months, I just think Forrest needs to be sensible about that. If Millwall want to play tough, 
they, they can play tough. He's out of contract in six months and they'll get zero pounds. It's a, definitely a ploy that Forrest are going down though, isn't it? In terms of the looking at the out of contract market because you've got Jed, Jed Wiseley, Tom Holmes, uh, centre back uh, from Reading. You know, Swift at, at Reading has been mentioned as a potential target as well. So there's definitely, you know, Forrest have been very smart in, in there and going after players. I agree. Look, we talk about resale value. I mean, first and foremost is, is can Jed Wallace offer you something in the next 18 months to, to get you out of the league? And then all of a sudden, the resale value just become irrelevant. Um, but that's a gamble. So I agree. Forrest are going to be smart. They, they, you can't throw money, too much money as the player um, that is out of contract in six months. I think one, we're at 1.2. We got to one and a half. Then I think you know if there isn't a deal to be done, then good luck to Millwall. We move on. But um, be interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. Because be that would be an exciting signing, no doubt for Forest if they can go on over the line. And um, look, there's going to be plenty of of of, of other rumours and, and moves. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. So I'm sure we for for the January window. For now, we'll be back with an episode uh, early next week after the the cup game. But for now, I think. Uh, Let's park it. We'll just do a quick currency time. Let's just do a quick uh, couple of minutes on obviously the cup game itself this week. Obviously, Arsenal Sunday night, 10 past five on ITV. Um, what do we think? How does Steve Cooper approach this one? Obviously, we haven't played since since the Huddersfield game. Forest don't have a game um, for another week after that. Surely he's got to approach this one in terms of stick the best 11 on the park and, and have a good go at it. Yeah, I think that definitely. I don't think there's a question of a doubt about that. Unfortunately, you know, the question is what is the strongest, yeah. you know, you know, what is the strongest team? Obviously, these COVID things, it's not just Forest, they're not having to go at Forest, but obviously these COVID things are kind of kept behind or probably, you know, due in some respects to tactical, some of it personal. Um, you know, <sighs> We don't know he was going to be fit for that game. So, and and you know, Arsenal have kind of you know have, have got away with it in some respects from not having the game. Uh, what is tomorrow night, Thursday night against uh, Liverpool um, anymore? So they will have the opportunity, or may even want to play a strong team because they don't have the game um, in quick succession anymore. So. It will be an interesting. I think Forest have to have to just go for it. it you know, it's it's a roll of the dice. At the end of the day, uh, Forest haven't got anything to lose. They're playing, uh, you know, if anything, they're at home and there's no restrictions, which has worked in Forest's favour, uh, you know, to get the crowd in to, to play what will, I think will now be a strong Arsenal team. Um, and um, so, you know, it's good income for the club. Um, you know, the, we have, you know, we're a championship club and we're doing OK and there's no reason why we can't get an upset. We've upset Arsenal before. Just go for it. And I think that's what Steve Cooper will say to the players. I think he'll go, just enjoy the occasion. Just go for it. It's an opportunity maybe to get some of his new players out there into the team before probably a more important league game in the following week. So, um, yeah, I would just play the strongest team available. Um, you know, if he doesn't want to play grab and he's now got Keenan Davies, um, you know, he's got he's got Steve Cook that you can slot in there. Um, so, yeah, I think just, just roll the dice and go for it. Perfect. Brilliant. Let's leave it there, Tom. That was a, a, a cracking episode and great to be back after... Uh, it's great to be back at it after sitting on the sofa and eating chocolates for the last two weeks. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, obviously you can email us at the usual address, timeaddedonpod at outlook.com. Or give us a follow on Twitter at timeaddedonpod or give our blog slash site to read timeaddedonpod.wixsite.com forward slash home. 
And we will be back early next week after the Arsenal game with probably plenty more chat about the January transfer window. But until then, uh, call you Reds. Let's hope for a positive result at the weekend. <laughs>